Hello and welcome to the Global Marketing Calendar, growing your business in a digital world. I'm your host, Abiel Breen, and this podcast is brought to you by Oban International, the digital marketing agency specializing in international expansion. In each episode, we'll look at an upcoming event from around the world. We'll find out how the event is celebrated and talk about its cultural significance. And we'll also discuss how your business can use these insights to create compelling global marketing campaigns. At the end of each episode, I'll be joined by fellow Oban member Az Ahmed, where he'll be bringing an untranslatable word and making it translatable. This episode, we're talking about Eid, the festival celebrated by Muslims around the world that marks the end of Ramadan. And what better way to break your fast than by celebrating with family and friends and eating some great food? So I'm now joined by Dina, one of our local in-market experts. Hello, Dina. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Hi, Aviel. Thank you for having me. So let's dive right into Eid. So to kick us off, can you give us a bit of an overview? What is Eid and why is it such a significant time for the Muslim community? It begins on the first day of the Islamic month of Shawwal, which is the uh, 10th month of the Islamic calendar, following the fasting month of Ramadan. Its date changes every year in the Gregorian solar or Western calendar because it's based on the Islamic lunar calendar, which depends on moon sightings. That's why its date changes every year. It lasts for three days and it's an official holiday in Muslim countries. When translated, Eid al-Fitr literally means the feast of breaking the fast because it marks the end of the holy month of Ramadan when Muslims abstain from eating and drinking during daylight for 30 days. It is the first of the two major Islamic feasts, but to me, Eid al-Fitr is the feast that I love most because I miss my morning coffee so much while fasting during Ramadan. Mm. (laughs) So even now, please excuse me if I say anything <laughs> wrong <laughs> while I'm talking because I'm fasting and I miss my coffee so much. You've got a free pass. You can say whatever you want. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. So how do you celebrate Eid? What What is the, the thing that you, you look forward to the most, apart from obviously the breaking of the fast? Uh, well, in, in, in my family, uh, we celebrate Eid al-Fitr by having a big breakfast, uh, which is a big event because it's the first breakfast during sunlight hours after 30 days of skipping breakfast. Uh, We usually eat special cookies called kahk and another cookie called oraiba, which is very similar to uh, shortbread biscuits. We also buy new clothes uh, for ourselves and the kids, including the special Eid pajamas, and we give the children cash money called Aideya, so that they could buy whatever they want. We also uh, take the kids somewhere special so uh, they could have fun. So it's all about the children, basically. Mm, okay. And the children, are they always taking part in the fasting as well? Or is, does that kind of start from a certain age? Or it, it, It's supposed to start uh, when you're mature enough. I usually say it should start when they know when they're going to faint. <laughs> For health and safety reasons. Yeah, they should be. I tell my son he's 12. So I always tell him, you should know when you're going to faint. And that is that is when you have to drink something. So it, it all depends on the maturity. It's quite big, actually. We suffer. 
<laughs> mm, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what kind of, so you mentioned the kind of the, the, the sweet foods um, that you normally eat. Um, is there any other kind of, you know, big meals that you have traditionally or, or any other kind of traditions that are um, a part of the days? Yes. In, in Egypt, we usually have fish on the first uh, day of Eid al-Fitr because very salty fish like mackerel or even something mm. cooked with, we have some fish in Egypt, it's a traditional fish uh, recipe where uh, the fish is cooked by salt. So it's really salty. So we have mm. it on the first day because during Ramadan, we can't have anything that's salty, which will make us thirsty the, the mm. next day when we're fasting. So it's usually fish, basically. Lovely. Yeah. And what kind of things do do the children buy when you give them the money? Is there kind of a typical thing you say, oh, I'm going to go and buy sweets or new clothes or anything like that? We buy the clothes. So usually my son will get a, a, a game, a video game. Uh, my daughter will get some accessories for herself. And sometimes they just save it because in, in, in the next uh, following feast, Eid al-Adha, which, uh, which uh, follows Eid al-Fitr by two months, maybe. Uh, we give them more money. So they have like a huge sum to spend on something even uh, more expensive. And what about the tradition of charity? Because I know that's quite significant leading right up before Eid. What is the tradition around that? And how does that kind of relate to Islam? Yes, uh, financially able uh, Muslims should give to charity by the end of Ramadan. Before Eid starts, during Ramadan, we should also financially able Muslims should pay more for other people to break their fasts, to get food. And uh, before the first day of Eid, we should give more to charity. It's called Zakat al-Fitr. It has a name. So mm-hmm. it's obligatory. I actually saw a... Um... Because leading up to this uh, interview, I was doing a bit of research on Eid. And so that's that's meant that now I'm being targeted by a few different adverts around Eid. And yesterday I, I saw this really great YouTube ad. Um, and even though I, I, I work in paid media, so I do YouTube ads all the time, but normally I roll my eyes at them. But this one really caught my attention. And it was by... Um, a charity called islamicrelief.org yeah. and um and anyway i click, clicked onto the website and i found this uh this thing called a zakat calculator is that quite common to oh, kind yes. of see like yes. how much is you yes. should give yeah yeah it is uh i'm a little bit ignorant when it comes to that because my mother usually tells me you should pay that you should pay <laughs> this <laughs> so I'm, I'm like a child i just give her the money uh, <laughs> no questions asked yeah, yes but other smart people do that use the calculator uh and it's actually very handy to to know because uh every muslim should pay uh, an exact an exact amount of charity each year and it's calculated according to the overall wealth salary um, if they have gold or assets so I, I I can't do that, but other people do. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. How did, do certain traditions vary across different countries? Well, uh, first of all, Eid may fall on a, def- a different day for several Muslim uh, countries because it all depends on the moon sightings. So mm. we may not celebrate it on the same day because they might say something in Saudi Arabia, Egypt says another thing. So it's usually confusing. 
I'm originally from Egypt, but I also lived in uh, Kuwait, Dubai, and Qatar. So I can tell that the traditions are uh, similar, very similar. The mm. only difference would be the, the meal they choose to, to have, which could be a little bit different. But the traditions as spoiling the children, giving them money, new clothes, and having a big family meal, it's all the same thing. It's all the, the same essence of... Uh, of, of the Eid, especially because in both, actually, Islamic feasts, Muslims usually go to pray. It's a special prayer called uh, Salat al-Eid, and it takes place uh, very early in the morning. And right after it, we gather with family and friends to, to have breakfast and have a big family meal uh, in, mm. in both Eids, actually. We do this in, in both feasts. Is it a time where you are used to seeing promotions and, and adverts that are related to Eid? Yeah, definitely. In Egypt and most of the uh, Arabic countries, Ramadan basically is the season for marketing promotions and TV adverts. And uh, that's mainly because several TV shows are usually uh, broadcast in Ramadan in the evenings after Muslims uh, break their fast. So I'm, I'm very busy in the evening watching TV shows every day now. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the campaigns uh, involve sales promotions and, and promotional offers and are basically uh, related to, not just to charity, they're related to new housing developments, food and beverages, charity, mm -hmm. of course, because we give more charity in Ramadan and, and Eid al-Fitr, as well as local telecommunications uh, networks who each year compete heavily with very creative campaigns. And usually these campaigns continue through the three days of Eid al-Fitr, but promotions for other industries are added to the list as well, especially uh, clothing, because we buy new clothes for Eid al-Fitr, and luxury brands, beauty salons for men and women, as, as we like to dress up uh, during uh, Eid. Also about attractions, theme parks, and holiday destinations, uh, because we usually go on short holidays during the feast. Also in Egypt, uh, because alcohol is usually banned during the holy month of Ramadan, stores that sell alcohol make uh, promotions during Eid al-Fitr, mainly on social mm -hmm. media, because they are allowed to resume selling alcohol again. Same goes for bars and clubs as well. Um, I said they're allowed to promote their products on social media because it would be offensive to the majority of Muslims if marketed on other channels as Eid al-Fitr is, is a religious event and alcohol is not allowed in Islam. So they usually focus their campaigns on social media only. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. On that note, are there any kind of, um, uh, I guess, anything that's really important for international marketers to bear in mind if they are promoting or, or, or carrying out campaigns during Ramadan or during Eid? Uh, yes, I think the first step would be for localizing their marketing promotions uh, is to learn about the culture and traditions of the Muslim world. And that would be firstly to greet Muslims on their holidays or major events at the start of Ramadan, for example, respect that they're fasting during daylight, please. <laughs> <laughs> And then greet them on the first day of Eid al-Fitr as well. And I, I believe this makes a huge difference. Also, uh, some products may not be suitable for Ramadan or, or Eid, as both are uh, spiritual religious events. And for this, I have to mention uh, an example. 
of a mistake that one company made last year in Egypt, even though they're Egyptian. One Egyptian company that sells underwear garments released a TV advert last year during Ramadan featuring a lady singer singing to a model uh, wearing boxers. So it was too controversial that it was banned shortly after its release, mainly because it wasn't appropriate to be broadcast during Ramadan, which is a religious event. And the same rule applies to Eid al-Fitr as well, as any campaign must respect the culture and traditions of the local audience. I believe that if this advert had been broadcast any other time, it wouldn't have attracted much attention. Mm. Just a kind of extra cautionary. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting that that was an Egyptian company. That, exactly, that, yes. That <laughs> I, would have, I would have expected that from an English or no, an American no. brand. <laughs> it happens. It happens a lot, actually. What brought this TV advert down was hashtags on social media. Mm. People criticizing the advert. And within, I think, a day or two, it was taken down. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The power of the social media and the stupidity of the marketers <laughs> played a big role here. <laughs> Are there any companies that have done a nice? Oh, a nice, a nice one. A very nice one, actually, last year, because due to COVID last year, and it was actually uh, relatively new, we couldn't meet uh, family and or friends to break our daily fast during Ramadan. Uh, which is a, a tradition in all Muslim countries, actually. By the end of Ramadan, lockdown seemed to ease a little bit more. And one mobile telecommunications company that's very popular in, in the Middle East called Zayn, they launched a campaign with a TV advert featuring a very emotional song, which gave hope that we can finally meet and celebrate uh, during Eid al-Fitr and children mm-hmm. can see their gra- uh, grandparents and go out and play again. It was a really emotional campaign, and Arabs in general are very emotional. Uh, Unfortunately, things didn't change much after that, and we're still in and out of lockdowns due to COVID. Mm. But it it was a really good campaign, actually. It played on on people's feelings. It gave us hope. It was really nice. That sounds beautiful. I just got goosebumps when you. Yes, I'll send you you the advert after we. You will not understand what they're saying, but it was a very music. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm sure that it will be a good uh, tearjerker. I I cry at everything though. I even (laughs) when (laughs) during the Olympics, you know, when they have like even like BT adverts, and they have. I remember one from 2012 and it showed different homes across the UK cheering for oh. for the athletes. And I, I would just cry instantly. I'm just... Yeah, good. No, I, I believe that. So I'm, send I'm... me that one. Perfect. Yeah, I'll send it to you. I'm usually dead inside. I never. <laughs> I am dead. Is that year round or just yes, because you haven't round. had to? Only, yeah. yeah, I'm only good with children and dogs and that's it. Nothing else moves me. <laughs> so hearing people, emotional people like you just make me feel so happy. <laughs> so is there anything else that you think our listeners will find interesting about Eid? Yes. We were talking about uh, international digital marketers and one of the things that they should consider when they're marketing their products for Eid is timing. Because it's also very important. Because, um, as I mentioned earlier, Eid is not always celebrated on the same day throughout the Muslim world, as it depends on the sighting of the moon. 
as explained earlier, or um, any campaign should also take into consideration the type of product or service being advertised, whether it would be suitable for either fit or not, and when to launch the campaign. If, for example, it's a clothing brand, uh, then better start the campaign in the last days of Ramadan so people have enough time to actually go and buy the product before it starts. Another important thing to consider is how to promote the product. For example, because Eid al-Fitr is a religious holiday, any campaign fe featuring partial nudity, for example, would be hugely frowned upon. Mm -hmm. uh, finally, marketers should know which social media platform is most likely to engage the audience during Ramadan and Eid al-Fitr. If, for example, it's aimed at Egyptians, then it should better focus on Facebook because it's used more than other social media platforms. Whereas, for example, for Kuwaitis, they like to use Instagram and Saudis are some of the most active users on Twitter globally, actually. Interesting. Yeah, we, are, we, we, we share the same traditions and the same culture, but there are some differences that have to be taken into consideration uh, when marketing the products. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How have the celebrations been impacted by COVID? Is it, you know, you mentioned kind of being with family. Is there part of the tradition that involves seeing others that, that, that meant that you couldn't celebrate fully last year during COVID? Yeah, um, it, it's all... I, the, 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 both feasts, actually, they're all about gathering with friends and family. And like all other aspects of our lives, COVID uh, heavily impacted our celebrations. Last year, we couldn't attend the local mosques uh, for special Ramadan prayers or Eid prayers. And we couldn't celebrate with family and friends as well. I couldn't also travel to Egypt so to see my parents, and I still cannot travel to see them. Uh, we usually use uh, Zoom. During actually Eid, uh, any other occasion uh, with the family, we use Zoom most of the time now. This year, it's a little bit better as we can break our fast with friends and family, but only in the garden, which is still good here in, U in the UK. And I believe Muslims can also go to the mosque to pray following some COVID rules and restrictions. Uh, hopefully things will be better before the next major Islamic feast, uh, which is called Eid al-Adha, and it's expected to take place by the 19th of July. So fingers crossed things will, will get better, hopefully. Because mm. every time I say that, it does actually get worse. So I'm jinxing it. <laughs> Let's just not hope for anything and then we exactly. <laughs> won't be disappointed. I never expect, no, yeah, I never <laughs> expect anything. Well, I hope that at the very least, this year's Eid celebrations will be fuller than, than last year with yes. the, the ability to, to go to the local mosque and hopefully see more family and friends. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm just looking forward uh, to my coffee and that's it. <laughs> And that's it. <laughs> the most important meet, thing. Yeah, I can meet the friends and family in the garden after, but <laughs> most important thing is to have my coffee in the morning. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dina. This has been really, really interesting. Thank you. Thank you for giving me actually the chance to say more about our traditions and, and culture. The only question I get here is, are you fasting? Not even water? Yes, not even water. So that's the, it's the not even water season. That's what I call it with my husband <laughs> because everybody keeps asking us. So it's good to actually tell other people about our culture and actually uh, traditions and also explain other uh, aspects of it from a digital marketing point of view. 
Well, I hope that the first sip of the first coffee is the best thing in the world. Yeah, the the sound of my coffee machine is always music to my ears. <laughs> so now I'm joined by our fellow Oban member, Az Ahmed, for our Lost in Localization segment. Hello, Az. Welcome back. Welcome to the fourth episode. Hi, Aviel. It's great to be back. Yeah, I can't believe it's four episodes already. I know time flies when you're having fun. How um how have you been enjoying the episode so far? Oh, it's great. Um and I because I grew up in the Middle East and you know coming from a Muslim family, I know all about Eid. I used to celebrate Eid with my with my parents growing up and I'm trying to celebrate it now with my with my son living in the UK. So um yeah, it it, it it's it's close to my heart this episode. Were there any similarities or differences that that stood out when Dina was talking about uh, uh, you know how she celebrates it compared to how you celebrated it when you were growing up it's pretty similar it's all about the family and all about you know f- eating food with the family because like she was saying it's you know it's right after ramadan and so you can finally eat again during the day and so you want to <laughs> celebrate that with your family and something that my family used to do in our community in the middle east was that we would go around to different people's houses to see them. And it's kind of a thing where you just show up unannounced. Um, and that's the <laughs> thing. You just go, you spend all day just going to different people's houses. And then one day of Eid, you stay at home and then people come to you. And a thing I used to remember is, um, this is in the days of business cards, is that we would go to somebody's house. And if they weren't home, my dad would leave a business card, just like tuck it into the door or put it, <laughs> you know, put it, slide it under their door just so they knew that we'd, we'd showed up for, <laughs> for Eid to, to see them. And we weren't able to like, Hey, I put in the effort. Yeah. I, I, sh- I showed up, but you weren't here. But you know, the, the funny thing to me looking back at it now was that they were probably doing the same thing. We were like visiting other people's <laughs> houses. And so it was like, we were playing a game of tag with all these, all of our friends. <laughs> Did you often find business cards in your own door when you got home? Like, yeah, oh, they yeah. the same thing to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'd get home and we'd find loads of business cards in our in our <laughs> door. So, how will you be celebrating it with your family and and obviously for your son in the UK? Will it be different in in many ways, or how do you think you'll? So, um, it, I think it will be different um, because it isn't it isn't celebrated like Christmas or Easter, and there's not like a big celebration around it here in the UK. But we're we're trying to put like little um, traditions and things that we could do as a family. So I'm gonna cook like a traditional meal for us. We're gonna give him the traditional ED, which is like the money that you give to children um, on Eid. We'll give him a present as well because he's really young; he won't understand money, but. <laughs> and you know we're, we're we're trying to do things like that we're going to decorate the house as well and you know just to kind of get him in the spirit of it and um, it's great for him because it's just another festival or another you know event for him where he gets money and presents so he's going to love it um <laughs> i think we're going to get a little eid cake as well that i'm going to try to source from a local baker as well so that should be fun oh that'll be lovely it's nice to be able to start those traditions when the child is quite young so that they grow up always having that memory you know regardless of whether it's not surround you know celebrated uh all around them in the uk it's nice to kind of instill that 
Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to kind of have that um, kind of feeling of belonging to two different cultures, which he does. And so it's it's kind of important for us to kind of make him feel that way. Absolutely. So for our Lost in Localization segment, every episode, before you explain the untranslatable word that, that you've got us for the episode, we we try and remind the listeners why localization is so important for international marketers. And I think after what Dina was saying about how certain brands have made quite quite big mistakes in their marketing campaigns during Ramadan, for example. I think localization is actually even more crucial than it than it normally even is during this time because it's quite a culturally sensitive time, I think, and there's quite a lot of mm-hmm. ways that you could make a mistake. And so there's there's a lot more to consider than than just kind of linguistically getting it right. Yeah, there's the whole thing about Ramadan, about being very culturally sensitive. And, you know, like Dino was saying, that there are certain things, because it is a religious festival, uh, you need to get the nuances right. You need to know what you're doing in terms of marketing. But um, an interesting thing about language as well, and um, because I, I, I lived in the Middle East, I lived in quite a few Arab countries growing up, I do know that even like changing one letter or, you know, changing an accent on a specific word can change the entire meaning of the word or phrase. And so it's really important to get it right. And, you know, somebody here could just spell a word just how they think it's spelt, but, you know, miss something really important. Mm. Well, let's dive right into it. I'm excited to what your what your word is this episode. Cool. So this episode's word is an Arabic word. It is mardi alek. And it's a great it's a great word and I think it's very relevant to today's episode as well all about family and celebration. The word roughly translates to being parentally blessed, so being blessed by your parents. Mm. And for a lot of people in the Arab world this is like the highest accolade that you can get, you know, being blessed by your mom and dad for things that you're doing or your lifestyle choices or things you're about to do. It's very closely linked to another word called Rida, which is your mother's blessings. And basically, you know, you, you can you can think of it as sitting back and basking in that warm glow of your mom's approval. And <laughs> and it's like it's a, it's a blessed state of having your your parents' approval. And how is that achieved? I mean, you mentioned you know lifestyle or things that you do. Is it kind of, for example, how you treat other people? Uh, or how you have been treating other people your whole life, or a judge of character, or a profession, you know, how or does it all kind of come together as one? I think it's all connected. It's like, it's it, it probably is the kind of person you are. And, and it's, it's, I think it's a reflection on your parents, how they brought you up, and to see that you're a really good person now, and they can take pride in the decisions you're making in your life, and they're blessing your the decisions you're making. Um, because family is so important in the Arab world. And especially having your mom's blessings or your parents' blessings, it's a great feeling to have. And it kind of makes whatever you're going to do or the decision you're taking a bit more worthwhile and enjoyable. And, you know, it's like, imagine doing something without your parents' blessing. It's kind of tainted and not as mm. not as good. So, you know, this is this is like the best feeling or the greatest achievement you can have in life is to to be blessed by your parents. How do you know that you have their blessing? Is it just explicitly said or is there, um, 
you know a, a ceremony or how is that kind of I, I don't think there's a ceremony but i think it's it's explicitly said so like your parents will tell you that you know they 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 feel blessed or they feel proud or you know they they approve of your choices in life or the way you're you're doing something or the way you're raising your children and things like that so it's it's a feeling and it's a way that they just express it and stuff so that's lovely. Well, I have five siblings, so I uh, <laughs> constantly yeah, good striving luck. for the blessing. <laughs> yeah. They do listen to this podcast, though. So, um, oh, cool. <laughs> just waiting for your blessing, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, is it? Do you think it's quite a a personal kind of private thing, or you know, once you have received that blessing, would it be something that you kind of tell others about quite proudly? You know, like oh, I've, you know. I've reached this point where I've got for some for some families it's probably private that you know you just you, you just you have this blessing from your parents but for others they might be really proud and you know like their mom or their dad might tell everybody at at a wedding they go to that oh I'm really proud of my son he did this or I'm really proud of my daughter she she achieved this in life and stuff so you know that's it's it's probably different for different families but um you know I think that feeling is is always there and people can probably tell it's how proud mm. your parents are of you. I think hearing it from the parents as opposed to from yourself mm. probably gives it more credibility <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, trust me, guys. <laughs> yeah. My mum said this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, she's proud. She's proud. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't say it, but I, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> but I know it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed listening to this episode on Eid and I hope that our listeners have have learned a lot about the digital marketing side of things but also learned a lot about Ramadan and about Eid itself and thank you for coming back on the podcast as and I'm looking forward to episode five. Thanks Aviel yes great it's great to be back and yeah looking forward to next episode. Well that's about it for our episode on Eid Thank you so much to Dina for speaking with us today and sharing her experiences of Eid. Thank you to Az, as always. And thank you to Steve Folland for editing the episode. And of course, thank you to all of our listeners. I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's episode. If you'd like to learn more about other important holidays from around the world, or if you're interested in finding out how Oban can help you drive international growth, then get in touch by visiting obaninternational.com. Bye for now. <laughs>